winding down. They're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrell. Yeah, we're just going to get right into it. So we're here with Congressman Bill Keating still. Hey, Congressman, thanks for holding uh, over the news break for us. We appreciate it. No, sure. Um, we, we, we were discussing uh, the the Ukraine, the importance of it, and also the China, the Chinese balloon. So, Bill, on, on the Chinese balloon, as you point out, Secretary of State Blinken was about to head to China. So, and obviously they knew that 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 has now been canceled. Do you think that played into the the the, the calculation here? How, I don't see how it couldn't have. Oh, it, it was the reason. Okay, uh, for the postponement of the the meeting. You know, you never. No, no, no. I mean, for the Chinese to send the balloon. I don't think so. I think that was a that really for the Chinese. That was a blunder. Okay. Uh, For for whatever reason, maybe they thought they wouldn't be detected. Uh, But for whatever reason, that was an embarrassment because the Chinese never apologized. I noticed that. I noticed that. Yes. They apologized, but then lied and said that uh, it was a weather balloon. But even to get them to apologize uh, is rare. So they, they were really embarrassed, and I think they took that uh, apology, the one that wasn't satisfactory, to try and salvage the uh, discussions. Uh, they, they planned for this, and we do a great deal of planning ourselves, uh, for several months. Uh, this, this was a very big deal. Uh, it was important uh, just to make sure we're, we're talking, and there's great communications back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done things in advance. You probably followed the news where we're building up our military presence in the Philippines. That is a major, major concern and very aggressive on our part uh, as a level of deterrence on the Chinese. Uh, So uh, this thing has been building for a long time. At least this would have been an opportunity to uh, maybe make sure the lines of communications are are better. So there's no many, you know, there's not miscalculation with any of this. But uh, by the same token, uh, this was an embarrassment for them. uh, And... uh, to me, I, I, that's one of the things I couldn't uh, explain. Uh, they're usually not this, uh, uh, I don't know what term to put to it. Uh, reckless. Reckless. Yeah. You know, you know. Well, speaking of Congressman Bill Keating, Bill, um, my, my thought on, on this is it, it seems a lot like when Khrushchev and um, uh, President Eisenhower were going to meet and then suddenly the U-2 spy plane was shot down over Russia, right? Thereby canceling that summit. The timing is very coincidence there as coincidental there as well. Is there any chance that maybe hardliners within the military who do not want to have a favorable relationship with the United States, who fear that Xi may have given away Taiwan or prevented Taiwan from being uh, absorbed again, orchestrated no, this embarrassment? It, I don't think uh, Xi would ever change his position okay. uh, on Taiwan. Uh, but you never know. Right. Uh, with the Chinese, what's going on, whether that was something meant to disrupt it, not beyond the realm of possibility. But uh, I think it's more likely that they thought they could just get away with it. Okay. Uh, and, you know, they had uh, probed into Hawaii prior to this, and we knew that. Okay. Uh, so maybe they were just taking an incremental approach. Don't forget, they had control of this. This isn't a balloon that's just drifting along. Correct. Uh, explain can, that to people. Congressman, explain that. There is a... There, there, it's it's got the capability uh, to be motorized and to uh, be navigated. So, uh, but it's done with parts. It's interesting with radar. Of course, you know radar is always looking at metal, and this this has very little metal. So it, again, it's uh, not easy to detect. So it could well be that they just planned on going around 
the boundary, just trying to see where they could go in, the way the Russians do with our airspace all the time in the last and everything. And, and they kept going. And then when they were discovered, who knows what happened after that. So we'll find out. I'll have a chance to get briefed when I'm back in D.C. So I noticed former CIA Director Leon Panetta, a former member of Congress. Former uh, Defense Secretary. Too. Right. He said that we cannot let this balloon leave our airspace. Either they have to land it or we should shoot it down. Do, you, do they? Yeah. You know, I suspect uh, when it gets out near the ocean, uh, we, we're likely to take it down. Once we have all the information we need on, on, on what, you know, I think, we're, as I said, I think we're getting information from this as well. And we're, at the same time, we're shutting them down. Uh, from transmitting their uh, information. So, uh, Congressman, I just want to pivot uh, to uh, something back here, and we appreciate you, again, holding over the break to join us on this. I've been getting some calls on this. Um, obviously, the Army Corps of Engineers denied the uh, the two Cape Cod bridges that's in the 9th Congressional District along with us. Um, do you? Uh, I, I heard uh, Senator Warren say it was basically that the um, state didn't uh, put – put forward the right design for the bridges is that your accounting of why those the the uh the funding uh failed well let's put it in perspective first uh, the, the likely timeline for this uh, 2028 is maybe when two of the inner bridges will be built these are this is going to be uh two sets of twin bridges in, in effect there'll be four bridges uh so the plan is to uh build bridges inside both of the existing Sagamore and Bourne bridges. Okay. And then when that's done, that'll have about the capability of the bridges now. Then they'll tear down uh, the existing bridges, and then they'll put another bridge, w- bridges on both sides, where the existing bridge was. So they'll, you'll have one-way traffic on one bridge. There'll be no median strip. So each bridge will be, in effect, two bridges. Okay. Uh, and, and that's going to end around 2031 okay. uh, projected. So... Look at the time frame. Uh, what we put a money is we allocate the money. We appropriate the money. Uh, but there has to be an application process. We, we fill the orchard, but someone has to pick the fruit. Okay. So the people picking the fruit were the Army Corps and the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And okay. so when the first uh, grant application was denied, and they, they don't give $1.8 billion out, for instance. Uh, they do it in phases. Because they're not going to take money and put it in the shelf for all the years I just described to you. Oh, it, comes out, it comes out in phases. So uh, it's, we haven't lost out in the money. We just didn't get two of the first incremental grants going forward. But we did f- try and find out bringing the applicants together with the Department of Transportation and at the time Governor Baker uh, and, and say, what, what, what did you do with the grant process? What happened? So we don't. You know, what's happening with these grants? We found out two of the major criteria, which is matching funds and having an earlier, uh, you know, commencement time, making it, it's called being shovel ready sooner, uh, making sure that those two criterions were the biggest criteria. And they, these grants weren't competitive at all. So what we had, what they have to do going forward is put some matching funds on the table so you can compete with the other grants that are in there and move up the time frame where you start construction sooner. And those two things, I think, will be done by the applicants. Uh, and then we'll have a more competitive grant process going forward. So this impression that, oh, my God, we lost out on all the money uh, isn't accurate because the money's just coming out in slices uh, over a long period of time. 
and uh, and we'll get them. So Excellent. I, I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate you uh, bringing some clarity to that issue. One more thing before I let you go, um, uh, the. Or did you have a yeah, question? I have another one too. Oh, go sure. Ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I'm going to ask you a question, then Chris will ask you a question. But uh, my question is: uh, President Biden's given a State of the Union. Uh, what do you expect? What are you expecting from a State of the Union? Are you expecting any um, uh, comments on China? We will probably hear about the Ukraine. Are you could, but you are we expecting any comments on China? And what else are you expecting from that speech? Well, I think uh, I think the president's going to take some time uh, to talk about how we came out of COVID uh, and the pandemic. And, and how the economy came out hot, you know, I think maybe a little too hot, but it came out hot. Uh, you know, we didn't get plunged into what happened in 2008 coming out of things. And, and I think he's going to mention how strong the economy has come forward after that, how it's moving, the jobless rate being, you know, so low. Uh, the report today was kind of shocking uh, in a good way. Really, yes. It was 537,000 new jobs last month. So, I think he's going to talk about the economy, the direction it's going, uh, some good news. Uh, I, I hope he mentions the fact uh, that we can come together and not uh, do what happened in 2011 and have our uh, credit rating ruined more than it was for no reason than a political stunt back then. Yeah. Uh, not having that happen to derail, you know, derail the economy now. And to uh, talk about uh, America's success uh, working with our coalition and the threat uh, against democracy. And I think where we began tonight's conversation together uh, is going to be mentioned as well. You know, why Ukraine is important and how the coalition is essential, how the U.S. is the leader, and we are, mm-hmm. in that whole, the indispensable party with this, and, and how important that is going forward. And I do think he'll mention China as well and, and what we have to do. And maybe uh, he'll have the opportunity to mention what we're doing there. We don't have the same kind of coalition we do in Europe for many reasons. It's a different part of the world. But Australia, some of the other Pacific, South Korea, Japan is even uh, getting more militarized. Uh, uh, all those efforts uh, that we're doing in the Pacific as well will be mentioned. So I think it's he's going to go forward. He's going to talk about, I think, the dangerous times that we're in, uh, you know, in terms of where they – and where it really is historically and how we've met the challenge. And I think he's going to – so it'll be economy. It'll be some of the threats that we have, how we're meeting those threats, and how we have to work together. I do think, too, uh, as he always tries, he's going to try and make a strong plea for bipartisanship to come together. Because a lot of these issues are longer in range, uh, and unfortunately on both sides, uh, there are extreme groups uh, – <laughs> And you've witnessed Congress so far. Yes. Uh, and it's, it's, it's not partisan, it's factual. We're seeing very extreme behaviors already. Uh, but those extreme sides, you know, to put that aside and to come together in a bipartisan way, I think that'll be part of his message as well. I don't know, but that's just what I think uh, Joe Biden will be doing. So, Congressman, um, the other thing I just want to ask you about, and it may be not something on most people's radar screens, but I know it's on yours. The Iranians have taken to the ocean. 
They're in our hemisphere. They're sending their, they've got two warships now. They're going to make their way down here and through the Panama Canal for the first time ever. The Iranians are going to go through the Panama Canal. And they're going to link up with um, some of the other more hostile forces uh, in Nicaragua and places like that, um, Latin America. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Iranians? What are they up to? Well, they're our enemy. Uh, yes. You know, and, and they want uh, America destroyed. Uh, and, and they make no bones about it. Uh, they have their own difficulties internally. Uh, they've been rife with protests, uh, the scope of which have uh, never been bigger. Uh, they might be able to maintain them now, but I don't think they're going to go away internally. Uh, they're making alliances with Russia, mm-hmm. providing them with uh, military assets that Russia can't uh, produce themselves right now. Uh, and, and they are the number one uh, threat in the Middle East. So I, I think that uh, it makes things so much more difficult in the world. But the, I'm glad you mentioned an opportunity to say, because sure. we always say, what's, what's next? Because Chris will always say, what's next? Right. What keep our eye on. <laughs> right. Uh, keep your eye on Palestine. It's very fragile right now. Uh, very fragile. And the leadership has, I was there last year uh, and, and got to meet with Abbas, but he's 85 years old now. And mm-hmm. uh, there's just the leadership isn't connecting with the people there that the turbulence there is uh serious uh and if they're weak then hamas uh you know a terrorist group uh a threat to us as well as israel they're going to be more empowered so it's uh, and iran is right in the middle of this yes uh the better news in the area is uh, we're building greater alliances with iraq and we have to we need uh, a strong Iraq to counter Iran. Uh, and they, they're going to have to do it themselves. But they're getting support not just from the U.S., but from U.K. and other areas of the world, Jordan. Uh, and so there's a coalition. I met with uh, King Abdullah, uh, the King of Jordan. Uh, we meet twice a year in any case. And uh, i always uh, very interested to see what he says. Uh, so they're working right now just to calm things down. Things are, are in such a state right now uh, and so precarious that all our efforts, and Secretary Blinken just was there, is just to calm it down as we approach the holidays, uh, when we approach uh, Passover, Easter, Ramadan, you know, all occurring at the same time. It's a tinderbox there. So Iran is uh, probably uh, one of the greatest malign forces we have to deal with uh they're, they're getting closer all the time now to nuclear uh weapons uh, and they're assisting russia uh, so it's uh we continue the way to deal with that uh i think is to try and build a strong coalition uh in the middle east to limit their ability to to deal with that um the israelis just went in and took out some of their uh areas that were connected to their I think the uh, assets they were providing Russia, uh, but this is a this is a precarious time, and Iran is in the midst of all of this. Uh, I think in Russia's uh, weakened inf- in, you know influence in Latin America mm-hmm. uh, is something that uh, perhaps Iran is trying to uh, make some kind of outreach towards. But uh, you know we're we're doing a, a, what we can ourselves. Uh, in that regard. But the world is a pretty, you can go spin right around the globe right now, and uh, there's more conflicts, more uh, 
dangers uh, than in years. And I'm looking forward. Um, they're at a tipping point. And I think right in the, the center of this is Ukraine. Uh, so if I can uh, almost end up where, where please, I began. Please do. And just talking about how important Ukraine is for Americans. It's also for every democracy in the world. It's important. China was looking at the reaction to uh, the Russian aggression because they want to do the same in Taiwan. Mm -hmm. And their worst nightmare happened when they saw this coalition come together. Uh, that, you know, that might deter China somewhat from their aggression. But it's so important for democracy as a whole that we win in, in Ukraine. Uh, and uh, it's not just uniquely American self-interest. It's the self-interest of all democracy uh, and Western thinking in the world. Bill, we really, Congressman Keating, we really appreciate your time. You're, you're hanging around after the news. Um, I know the, I know your constituents appreciate it as well. Thank you so much. Thanks. Well, I want to thank both of you. I mean, uh, it's always a chance to talk about more regional issues and local issues. But uh, I don't think there's enough opportunity, uh, and I try and seek it, to talk about how things, from a security and economic standpoint, affect us here at home so importantly. Right. Uh, and you've always given the opportunity to have people listen uh, to these issues. And uh, there just aren't enough uh, media access, uh, uh, you know, mm -hmm. opportunities to do that. So I really appreciate you doing that at this uh, on the station. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Congressman. We appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, have a great yep. weekend. Bye-bye. That was our Congressman uh, Bill Keating. I appreciate him staying. Uh, and uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is South Coast Tonight. Anywhere. We got a Snapchat message. We do want to uh, talk about some uh, local stuff here, but we did get a Snapchat message. Uh, someone from Mattapoiset is asking, uh, what if the balloon over U.S. contains biological, uh, biological material? We would be releasing it on ourselves. I mean, I, I don't put anything past the Chinese, obviously. Look what they did to me the first time. Um, so I don't, I, don't, um, I don't know, really. But the fact of the matter is they're not supposed to be in our airspace. And it's a, form, and it's a bipartisan opinion. They've gotta, they can't let this thing leave. And as Congressman Keating just said, they'll probably shoot it down once they get over a body of water. Yeah, so, the, so because, if it's over a body of water, it would, it would probably be less likely to, if there was anything harmful in it, right. less likely well, to Well, the problem infect. is, it's the size of three city buses. Yeah. So it's got a lot of heavy equipment. So if they shot it down, even over Montana, it could it could crash. Whatever it hits, it's going to destroy. Yeah. So you got to get it where there's no people. Cause the, yeah, because lossy and all that, it's going to, yeah, it's going to crater. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. It's going to crater. So imagine, imagine three school buses. Three giant city I think buses. that's an important point to bring up that it's not just like this little balloon, no, right? A little like no, no. birthday balloon. No. It is a massive, massive uh, apparatus. One of the things that uh, CIA Director, former CIA Director Leon Panetta said is either that or get the Chinese to land it, which yeah. I thought was very important. It means, yeah. that, means that they believe that the Chinese can control it that much, so much that they can land it. They know yeah. they're deriving the direction. Right. Um, but you remember a few years ago, Marcus, we used to have the um, agreement with the Russians. They would allow their spy planes to fly over us. We flew over them. Mm -hmm. That agreement was ended. Um, yeah. The um, 
Now the Chinese to do this is just so reckless, just so reckless. Yeah, that's what, I mean, Keating had said it was basically like uh, amateurish, right? right? It was, yeah. 508-996-0500 so you can join us this evening. Good evening, you're live. Yeah, good evening, Marcus, and good evening, Chris. It's hey, good to hear you uh, in the studio. Thank you, thank you. You know, I want to talk about uh, China, the Ukraine, and the yes. Bidens. Sure. You know, uh, the UN and the EU back in 2021 said that uh, the Ukraine was classified them as the most corrupt nation in the world. I don't disagree and, with that. Uh, we know about the New York Post uh, first reported about the $55 million from the Communist Chinese Party and who gave the University of Penn, yep. Biden Center, think tank. And the, the, the director of that think tank, UPenn, was uh, none other than Anthony Blinken, who was the Secretary of State, and where the, uh, the classified documents were, uh, were found. Right. And uh, not to mention, uh, was reported widely, Rosemont Seneca Investment Company and Burisma Natural Gas and uh, Natural Bank of the Ukraine, uh, which uh, the Bidens and, uh, and others are, were involved in. And... Uh, and, and also, the Daily Mail also reported recently that Hunter Biden's invested money in biolabs, Chinese biolabs. So I will tell you this, caller, the, um, because your information is good. I, I am very concerned about this. I'll tell you why. Um, those classified documents, as I explained, as I was talking with Marcus earlier, I don't know how the government is going to do a damage assessment. My concern is that those documents... Those classified documents were in a location that were accessible. We know accessible. There's no argument about it. They were accessible to a man who was expelled for security reasons from the United States Naval Officers Corps. All right? Hunter Biden was thrown out of the Navy for security reasons. He had a drug problem. That's a security reason. That's the reason you're not allowed to be a drug addict in the United States Navy. Okay? Particularly as an officer. He was asked. He was. They kicked him out. Not merely... He wasn't merely an officer with a drug problem. He was also the sitting vice president's son. So the Navy obviously had to make some serious political calculations before they threw him out of the Navy because he's a security risk. So the fact that he ended up living back at his father's house and the father brought security classified documents to his to his own home, which were now accessible because they were no longer under lock and key by someone who was deemed a security risk. By the United States Navy, so much so that he was at, he was kicked out, is an incredible, incredible breach of trust. I I am I am shocked to my core, quite frankly, about what has happened here. Uh, I, you know, you know yeah. what, Chris? I'm very concerned for our nation. I agree with there you. There was another news story too that the whole thing with this the, the classified documents in the garage where he kept his '67 uh, uh, Corvette. Uh, that uh, the whistleblower was a, a Chinese lover of the uh, of Hunter Biden, and uh, and and uh, yeah, I'm very concerned for our, our country that uh, uh, that uh, the president is compromised by the Chinese, especially uh, when he was vice president, accepting a billion dollars from the Chinese uh, finance minister to start uh, Rosemont Seneca Investment Company, and in closing, uh, if I may, sure. on China. Uh, China is not our competitor. They're our adversary. Uh, the, the, the various military flyovers over Taiwan, they're increasing uh, na naval exercises in the Pacific, not mm -hmm. to mention in the Philippines, where they're trying to undermine our presence in the Philippines because they want to control 
the the waterways, uh, and so uh, they can control commerce. Uh, uh, I'm very very concerned are we sure about for, the uh, for our nation. Billion thing. I don't think that's an actual um, figure. I, I don't think that's actually ever been confirmed. The well, 1.5 billion from China—that's an extraordinary amount of money. Well, there, there is a report. I don't think he received a, a billion dollars. I believe he did. There's a report put out by Senator Johnson um, uh, and Senator um, uh, Ron uh, Johnson from Wisconsin. Yes, mm-hmm. um, it's about an eight-page report. It's declassified. It's worth reading. Uh, it, it details um, down to the penny a lot of these transactions. One of the things that that um, uh, is 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 a problem um, is that we know Hunter Biden was getting money. Yeah, I just cannot understand what they were paying him for. Okay. Well, Chris, you know that when uh, Donald Trump was president, the FBI also launched an investigation into Hunter Biden, and they uh, their investigation they found that Hunter Biden had dealing with uh, corrupt oligarchs. Oh, and I know it was dark money well, laundering it, it, and uh, human trafficking and drug uh, trafficking look, uh, operations you know, over there. What 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 ends up happening is that there's so many details that it begins to sound like 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 um. Something imaginable, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that what what I think we have to do is focus on what you you know, and, and you do a good good job, sir. But on what you know, which is that no one is disputing that Hunter Biden got millions of dollars from foreign adversaries. Right. He didn't get them from the British. He didn't get it from the French. He didn't get it from the Belgians. He got it from bad people. He got it yeah. from the Chinese. He got it from the Russians. Okay. Well, Why are they got, paying? He got gifts from from the. Uh, he got it from the. Uh, from the the Russians right. and Kazakhstan right. and uh, Ukraine. Right. That, Hostile... that was also reported on Maria Bartiromo. Yes. Some of the most corrupt regimes in the world, some some to include America's enemies. So what were they giving Hunter Biden? That is the, the, the very important question. Because yeah. at that point, it's no longer a drug addict. It's, it's someone at the highest echelon of power. Was he accepting money as a conduit for other members of the government, of the United States government. Because I can't see what else he was selling the the Russians or the Chinese. Let me ask you a final question, and I'm going to hang up, and I appreciate you coming on. I really do. Uh, My question is, do you believe that Joe Biden is compromised by the Chinese and putting our nation in peril? I would never make that. Listen, I would never make that charge because I can't prove it. But I I am keeping an open mind to see the evidence. But I will tell you that it's a very curious situation. But I would never accuse the president, as other people accused other presidents, of being in the pockets of hostile foreign governments. Because I... Do not want to make a charge. I cannot prove. Well, it's not a charge. I'm saying, are you uh, are you concerned that I'm that may concerned. be a possibility? I'm, I'm, that's a different uh, question. Yes, of yeah. course I am. Yes. Yeah. All of right. Course. Well, you got, you uh, gentlemen have a good you good too. night. Thank you. And uh, it's always not, it's always good to hear you on, and and I always pray for you that uh, for, you know, for your full recovery. You, you have a good night. I appreciate, it, sir, and I appreciate your prayers. So. Um, Again, again, folks, in the past, I think we saw the stu- the outrageous charges made against Donald Trump that anyone with a background or in a historic knowledge of national security 
would know were absolutely outrageous that he was a Russian agent. It was ridiculous. I'll never embarrass myself by making those charges. What I will say is this. I don't understand what Hunter was giving to the Russians and to the Chinese that was worth all the money he got from them. And there's no dispute he got all that money. Well, there's no disputing he got he got he got money from them. There is disputing that he got a billion five. We still don't. That was a figure that's been thrown around that I don't think's ever been confirmed. But we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. Fourteen twenty WBSM is now also on ninety nine point five FM. Children are placed in foster care through no fault of their own because of abuse or neglect. It's heartbreaking. We were just left in a hotel. Tay and his brothers were adopted with help from the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption. But more than 100,000 children in the U.S. are still waiting for a family. Now that I'm adopted, I can focus on being a kid. Learn how you can help at DaveThomasFoundation.org. HIV is not a crime, or it shouldn't be. People living with HIV can do and live fully healthy lives without risk of transmitting the virus to others. But a different fear remains. In 30 states, Americans are being imprisoned due to their HIV status. It's time for the laws to catch up to science. Join the Elizabeth Taylor AIDS Foundation to modernize outdated HIV criminalization laws. Go to ETAF.org. HIV is not a crime. Campaign funded through the support of Gilead Sciences Incorporated. WBSM isn't just a broadcast. It's also a podcast. Get all of our podcasts at WBSM.com, the WBSM app, or just search WBSM on your favorite podcast provider. Welcome back. So we, we were joined for... Close to an hour by uh, Congressman Bill Keating talking about a lot of the global affairs and how important they are, and they are important. And if you've missed those, if you missed those, the, the second hour of the podcast should be up um, that you can listen to later. Uh, uh, the third hour of the podcast will be up a few minutes after this this hour ends, which is in about twenty minutes. But um, what we wanted to talk about, we wanted to draw your attention to, was the podcast from Wednesday night, the first hour. <laughs> And that was our conversation with Mayor John Mitchell in New Bedford. So if you missed that, you, you absolutely should go back and, and, and listen to it. First of all, it's a fun, it was a fun show. Uh, was there's a, fun a lot show. of information. There was a lot of news, man. There, there was a lot of information he talked about. Uh, and, and we're a lot of that, inf- I think, you know, we talked about Ash Street for a bit. But one, like the, I think the really, the really good stuff is is the, uh, the Folk Tech Admissions conversation that we had. Because... He t- he says he's recommitting to uh, keeping Carol Pimentel as a nominee. Uh, we had Sean Oliver, Ward Three candidate, call in and say he supports her. He would vote for her. And what's important, Marcus, is as he sat here with us, which you can now listen to the podcast, and you should f- read Marcus's story at wbfm dot com. He knew, but he couldn't discuss it because it was embargoed. That there was a lawsuit being filed against the state of Massachusetts he did. vocational he, he school. He did, and, and, and when you listen to that interview, listen that he already knows. Right. You can and go back in time, folks, with that information. It was yeah, there was it was embargo. Yeah, so we talked about it. He had mentioned it actually at Tim's show too. He had said, "This is a federal lawsuit waiting to happen. This is a federal lawsuit waiting to happen because there are clear, very clear on its face." 
demographical inequities in how New Bedford Volk right. and how most of the Volk schools in the Commonwealth admit their students. It is very clear that students who are English language learners, students with disabilities, and students of low income are being necessarily excluded by these admissions policies. It's very clear on its face, and now that's why it's a federal lawsuit. And he'd been saying that for months, mm-hmm. if not years. Years, actually. He, years. He, he's been fighting this for years. He's right. been saying that this hasn't been fair, that Vogue Tech is basically an elite prep school that uh, only takes the best, wants uh, all your public dollars without taking any of your public problems, right? And And so... Last so Wednesday night when he was sitting here with us and, and, and doing that interview, because of the rules and he follows them and I appreciate that the rules of how things worked, the story was still embargoed. Yeah, that there had now been a lawsuit filed. An embargo is basically a hold on a story. You can't make it public until a certain time. We'll say embargoed till. Right. So I'll be, so just for, for to be clear on that. I received that story from his office, uh, from his his public information officer, at nine p.m. and it said embargo till ten. It was the press conference right. for uh, for the federal lawsuit. So we were able to. I sat in that press conference. Tony Cabral was there, uh, and they had said basically they're you know they're moving forward because Desi hasn't. Um, has basically refused to act on this. So you can go back and listen to the podcast and read Marcus's story at WBSM.com. Um, and the, the, the other things in that in the podcast, and Marcus, um, you mentioned it too already, but the what you heard was the realities of, of how municipalities and various local... We're discriminating go- against children. Let's just be, well, let's call it what it is. Well, on that one, but no, I was going to pivot to the to, back to the jail, but... The, oh, uh, oh, 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 but yeah, the, yeah, but I just wanted to be clear about, about how serious, just based on the oh. statistics, how serious those those inequities are in those statistics. When and I'm you, not saying that the, the people of Volk are racist or anything right. like that. I'm just saying in their pursuit to have a school with less, quote unquote, problems to it or students who they don't think are worthy of that school, they are excluding protected classes of students. It is a clear statistical demonstrative fact. So it doesn't matter if your policies are doing it unintentionally or intentionally, yeah. if they discriminate, they're illegal. It's called de facto discrimination right. versus de jure, de jure discrimination, which would be like separate f- drinking fountains or separate schools. Right, right. So when you when you listen to that podcast, uh, if you haven't heard it already from Wednesday night, yeah. you'll hear the mayor and, and, and Marcus and I discuss that. Yeah. That they, and that the mayor has been going out of his way and point, you know, that... that to try to rectify this before the courts have to do it. Yeah, right. And, and it looks like they're going to have to. So the other thing, the other thing I thought was very newsworthy, and it gave us a real inside look at the com- the competition for state dollars. Okay, for 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 well-meaning projects. Yeah. To include the rehabilitation of the jail, right? That now the rehabilitation or, or the the building of a new. Um, Facility, right? Tearing down Ashtree. That that is going to be in competition with other worthy projects. All right, and you, so you're starting to see the competition for dollars, yeah. even among people of their own party. Yeah. Right. And what's it going to come down to is the governor is going to have to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Right. I think the mayor pointed out. But project, I hadn't really thought about it this way. I just thought of I knew from Ashtree from from speaking with the sheriff. It's a lot of money that this, he's going to need, as it should be, to build a, a better, more modern facility. 
but it's going to be competing for dollars with the with a, for instance the criminal justice facility. Yes, right, the new courthouse, which yeah. which which the mayor pointed out, you know, and uh, and other things too. Yeah, I'm gonna have a piece on the two. I, I I have some numbers that I need to get into um, that I haven't been able to access, but I've been able to access them. We're gonna get more numbers about that courthouse thing. That's not, that's really important too. And um, so I think that as as he says, as Mayor Mitchell said, which is what I think we've heard from a lot of the legislative delegation, but not all, is um, that they support. Of course, they support in building a new facility, updating, you know, doing things like Whoa. that. However, it's there are there's a competition for dollars. Yeah. Right. It, it so it doesn't mean you're opposed to what Sheriff Haru wants to do. If you decide that the money is going to go somewhere else in the future, yeah, it is not a. It's not a pure. He talked process. about stuff like port development and things like that. That's the they other just one, right? got a bid for the state pier, and maybe there's going to be money that's going to go there. Uh, the, the, the courthouse, which is really important uh, as well. I will say, I do think that this should be important. I do think that they've gotten a lot of money into certain things that I'm not just going to explicitly mention, but I think you can all figure out what it is that are more or less more vanity projects, and this is something that can actually really help people and, and, save, the t- and save taxpayer money. So, Marcus, just to bring it all the way back around to the to New Bedford Volk, when you hear city councilors, in particular Linda Morad, say, we'll just build another Volk. <laughs> it's, it's not a real thing, folks. It's not a thing. That's not a real that's not, thing. That's not a solution. That's not going to happen. It's, that, that there's a real competition. For, it, costs a, it costs a quarter to a half a billion dollars yeah. to build a modern high school. E, e, that's yeah. not an answer. Just put Carol Pimentel on the board. You, you might as well say, you might as well say um, we'll build a new school. We'll build a school on every corner, and each kid will get their own personal pony before they uh, upon entry to that school. As opposed it's, to just not voting for Carol Pimentel. Yeah, Right, that's the thing. It's it's saying oh, it's not it's, a real difference. It's, it's not a real answer to the to the issue. Yeah, and 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 to be clear on that, uh, Morad, she did say that this morning. Gomes said this morning. Morad voted against Cal Pimentel. Gomes did not. Gomes voted for her. Right. Just wanted to be clear about yes. that. But um, but there, were, I mean, there were six councils that voted against him, and it seemed to be on the. They all were pretty clear in that they liked the admissions policy. So look, if you want to vote against Cal Pimentel, fine, vote against it, but don't say you're going to build another school. Yeah. Right. You're not going to build another school. <laughs> no. I mean, you heard the mayor yeah, talk about... No one's building another school. You're not building another school. No. I mean, I just want you to understand that when people throw that out there... That's a, there, not real. There's a competition for state yeah. dollars. Yeah. That's not a real solution. It's not a real solution. It's not a real solution. In fact, it's a friggin' insult. And, and yeah, it is. It, it's it, an insult. Mark. It is. And, and frankly... You're seeing, honestly, I hate to keep, because not everybody, it was a pretty divided vote, so not everybody voted against Cal Pimentel. It was a a a one-vote swing. And not everyone voted for the same reason. And not everybody voted for this. I'm not entirely sure about that. But, um, but, uh, but not every, but, uh, not every, it was a very close vote. But what you're seeing is, you're seeing those six counselors who voted against Cal Pimentel, I'm sorry to say, are on the wrong side of a federal civil rights lawsuit. And so maybe their tenor's changing a little bit because if you voted against Cal Pimentel, you are now on the wrong side of a federal civil rights lawsuit. When, when, when Mayor Mitchell and informed members of the media were telling you something, we were telling you it was going to be a lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what it is. That's where we're at. John Mitchell said... On the air multiple times. And when they said, and then when they said, "Oh, the Vogue admissions is working," and Burgo said, 
Working for whom? Who is it working for? Right? <laughs> hey, Marcus, what do you think? How do you? What do you think those city councilors and school committee members, uh, or I should say, evoke school committee members, are going to say when they get hit with a subpoena to testify in the depositions about their policies? Yeah. That's not going to be a friendly. Uh, I remember. Experience. Well, I saw one of the, the the school committee members in there in that meeting going, "They're attacking us. Desi's attacking us." He ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> well, exactly. Let's take a break. If you want to hear everything, the phones. Good evening. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, hey how's it going? Good, good show tonight. Good Thank show. you. Thank you. Night. Good, good listening. Um, uh, as far as the Vogue issue goes, as soon as I believe Desi is being sued on this, yes, yes. Okay, it's all over. Oh you yeah. Know, we raise the right flag because uh, you don't you, you don't want to get involved with that thing and money it might involve to to try to defend yourself. So it's all over for the for the state schools with this and Vogue just sort of you know uh, go to the. Um, uh, the lottery. lottery system and, and 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 try to train whoever goes in there to do try to educate the kids. Yes, exactly. Right. Because, it's, because it's not the it's not the it's not the the kids' job to make the teachers' job easier. Yeah, well, yeah, I understand that. Okay, yeah. uh, but the teachers' job is tough enough as I don't want to knock any teachers. No, I agree. Okay. No, I get it. Uh, the other thing, uh, Marcus, I'd like to congratulate you for asking uh, Representative Keating uh, the question about the bridges, and it could be, oh, I know. Uh, could be a delicate question. I don't necessarily buy the answer, okay, uh, as far as a slice. We didn't even get a slice. We didn't even get a crumb, you know. And to me, all the delegation, not just the representative, should have been uh, uh, in contact with Joe Biden's office well, saying, hey, we need this down here. Well, the way a safety he, the, issue. Yeah, the way he phrased it, though, was basically just like, this wasn't, this is, this, even when they this gets approved, is years down the road. So it's not over yet. It's just. It's, well, the years down the road, I think the, the term years was uh, 2033. I think that's 100 years the bridges have been up. You know, to me, they got to get going on this and it should be a priority and again mm-hmm. it's to me it's a safety issue i like the idea that they they have about having this four bridges up and then demolishing two or whatever but uh i have respect for the gentleman he mm-hmm. comes on and and uh, gives you an insight that most people don't get in this area but to me the entire delegation should be held uh, responsible for this and not getting something out of uh the biden administration especially in a heavily democratic state it's it's just politics it's nothing to do with uh slices or crumbs or whatever but thank you for asking the no. question. Oh, of course, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. I, I knew, well, I knew you had called about it. We had gotten some other calls about it, so I, I would have been, I would have, I would have been remiss if I didn't ask him the question. Yeah, but I know it's a delicate, uh, you know, question <laughs> to, to someone who's been in front of the show and in front of right. the area. So. Yeah, yeah, it is. But, but, but he, you know, he, he doesn't take offense. We ask questions in the right way. Yeah. Yes, you do. Yeah. That, that's one thing you know how you guys know how to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially you, Mr. McCarthy. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, guys, I'll let you go. Have a good weekend. Thanks so, Thanks much. so much. I appreciate Bye. it. Thank you. So uh, we're just wrapping up now. It's uh, it's Friday. So, Marcus, I, I, I want to echo the, the caller's uh, uh, sentiment, which was I thought it was, was a very good question, very pr- uh, very important question, and something else for the callers to take to heart, which is that if you tell us something... We might not get around to it that night, but the next opportunity, if, if we may have to phrase it in a more tactful way than you said it, yeah. but we will ask the question. What you want to know is important to us. Of course, we want it. So if you ask us a question to follow up with, we will. We yeah. may not give you the. We may not give the preamble that you want us to give. Yeah. To you know, but but the reality of it is, is that your opinion is important, and we do the best we can unless to I think communicate. Unless I think it's dumb. 
Unless Marcus thinks it's some. Right, right, right. Well, that's what but you won't true. know until you tell me. Right. There you go. Take a shot. And I won't Take tell you shot. your opinion's dumb. Right. Well, you might. I might. You might. You might. I have done it before. Um, all right, guys. Thanks so much uh, for, for joining us. It was a great show. Thanks to Congressman Bill Keating. Thanks to Will Senat from the New Bedford Light. Uh, which is, I know, get, getting a little crazy with the podcast downloads already. So people are really liking that story. And once again, folks, if you're cold, go to PACA. Yeah, go to PACA. That's on 360 Cogsell Street, right across from Golden Greek. If you know somebody who's cold that needs to that needs somewhere to to stay warm, go to PACA. Carl Alves is taking care of business over there. So Listen, you don't have to be homeless to go there. If your apartment or your house is not adequately heated, go to go PACA. There. Yes, go there. Yeah. Call the police. They will bring you there. Yes. And that's for anyone in the region, anyone in my listening voice. Please, I don't want to find out about human ice cubes in the morning, all right? Yeah. No, seriously. And uh, it's 360 Cogsall Street, or just tell them, bring me to PACA. They'll be there all night up until, I think it's up until 10 a.m. tomorrow. So you'll any time of the night that you're feeling cold that you don't feel like you should be there, it's safe for you to be there, go to PACA, call the police, they'll bring you to PACA. Um, it's really important. And if you want to drop off a check to PACA, you can do that as well. Guys, stay tuned. Uh, stay tuned. Tomorrow, tune in tomorrow to Ken Pittman, uh, Jose Matos, and Jess Machado. Tune in to Town Square Sunday with Jim um, and.